This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you. A lot of times the liver gets backed up because of the gallbladder. So if you, if you have poor stomach digestion, you don't digest the hydrochloric acid, you don't have enough hydrochloric acid in your stomach, which is there to, to digest your proteins, then that's gonna cause you gas and bloating immediately after a meal. But that's also gonna tell your gallbladder to work, not to work, and then that chain is gonna tell your pancreas not to work. E either one of those two, in and of themselves can also cause gas and bloating, but the gallbladder will also back up the liver. Okay, so if we have an, uh, but so by that time, now you have a backup of a system that does 500 different things. So an overall sense of bloating uh, will cause, uh, can be uh, liver. In fact, and, and, and one of the more pathological things, which I do see for some reason, is people coming in here with um, like swollen ankles uh, or swelling or edema in their, in their feet or their, or their lower legs or sometimes even up in their higher legs. That can be uh, a more serious liver problem. For some reason, I do see that occasionally. For some reason, that gets passed off, maybe because there's so many things that can cause swelling in the ankles. Uh, but, but that can be a liver issue because when things back up in the liver, they back up. <laughs> the whole system backs up. And so it backs up into your bloodstream, it backs up you know, into, into your kidneys, it, it backs up and then, and then it's not going anywhere, the fluids aren't going anywhere, and the next thing you know, gravity brings those fluids down to your legs. Um, bodily swelling for no reason at all, that's basically the same thing that I just got done talking about with the backup. Um, hormonal imbalances, I think we've already talked about that a little bit. It's, it's, it's really more female hormone imbalances and again, the liver is the main organ that detoxes your hormones. And a little review, hormones are supposed to be made. They're supposed to go to your cells and get used. They're supposed to get, go through the liver, the intestine, or the gallbladder and the intestines, and then they're supposed to find their way into the toilet. The unused estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, is supposed to find its way into a toilet. It's not supposed to be sitting around in your fat cells are getting backed up into other, or just staying in the liver. So if, if that happens, then you're going to get symptoms of menopause, or you're gonna get symptoms of not having a period like our staff member. So, so um, when we see hormonal imbalances, is it the liver or is it the female organs? Or is it, or is it yeah, detoxification or the female organs? So, um, usually we'll go after the liver first for all of those of you who are sitting out there and have hot flashes and, and are having abnormal periods and heavy bleeding and, and, not have been, and, and, and light bleeding and, and just all of those things can be um, uh, other things that are causing that, that are, that are causing your ovaries to not work well. One of those other things is the liver. So for, for cases like that, if somebody comes in here with polycystic ovarian syndrome or somebody comes in here with uh, any of those types of female issues, we don't even begin to directly address the female issue until we've handled their liver, until we've handled their intestines, until we've handled the blood sugar and essential fatty acids, which 
doesn't have anything particularly to do with this uh, particular presentation. But those do have to do with, with hormonal imbalances. So, the, so, so liver is a big part of that and detoxifying the liver to get all that excess estrogen out of there. If you're taking, oh my God, if you're taking like estrogen therapy and you're, whether I don't care whether it's oral or whether it's creams and creams are like the worst, they cannot be dosed exactly correctly for your system as you might imagine. Your system's a very delicate system and usually it creates, usually there's too much. Usually the, the creams are absorbed into your fat cells and, and they stay there the, the, the capsules are over, over uh, dosed and, and so, so the body uses what it can and then it gunks up the liver, the gallbladder and, and uh, a part of your intestines and then you get all of these hormonal imbalance symptoms. You go to your female doctor and drive her or him nuts because they can't, they can't get you properly uh, dosed and that's the reason for that. Weight gain, weight gain is it, when people come in here, weight gain is, is a a sign that maybe your liver is gunked up. You know, weight gain can be thyroid, it can be blood sugar, it can be adrenals, it can be gut problems, uh, it can be uh, viral infections. There's a number of things that cause weight gain. You'll notice I've already basically probably talked about all of them in some way, shape, or form. When liver, liver detoxification has been popular for as long as they've been writing books about it. Uh, I've I read a book um, called the um, the Dow T A O of of um, health, sex, and and uh, and uh, um, and physiology, and 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 it's the it's the American interpretation of the Chinese emperor's um, internal medicine guide, which was written 3,500 years ago, and so they talk a lot about detoxification in there, and the way they talk about it sounds like it had already been being done for maybe another thousand or two years, so. So it has not been lost upon the human race that detoxifying your liver is, is a good thing to do. And so because everything seems to pass through the liver, the liver can touch everything. Weight gain, we talked about thyroid. <clears throat> if you have a perfectly normal thyroid, um, I mean, if you, have a, if you have a hypothyroid that slows everything down, it slows those detoxification pathways down. You're not converting thyroid hormones properly there into active hormones, which would allow you to keep the normal metabolism. Now, you're, now your body metabolism slows down, you're putting on weight, you can't get rid of it, you don't know why. Um, blood sugar, the liver has a lot to do with blood sugar swings. So you could argue that, um, you could argue that uh, your blood sugar swings of I get low, I get irritable, I get shaky, if I don't eat or if I eat too much and I fall asleep afterwards, that could actually be connected to your liver. Those are blood high and low, those are low and high blood sugar symptoms. But your liver uh, breaks down uh, most of your other nutrients, particularly your, um, your carbohydrates, it breaks it down into uh, triglycerides and, it, and, and, it, and then it's stored into the liver. It breaks it down into primary glucose molecules. Those are stored in liver and then, and then when you need that blood sugar, when your blood sugar goes low, your pancreas and your adrenal glands work with your brain <laughs> to tell your liver to give up a little bit of that stored sugar so that you can so that you can have sugar getting back into your body and into your brain. The main time I see this happening is in the middle of the night. Those of you who go to sleep, wake up, 
can't go back to sleep. That waking up and can't go back to sleep is because your blood sugar has dropped in the middle of the night. Your brain, your body knows your brain needs blood sugar. So it tells your, your adrenal glands to tell your pancreas and your liver to go get working. But specifically, it tells your liver to put a lot of blood sugar out so that you have enough blood sugar for your brain. And if you have enough blood sugar, you don't wake up. If you wake up, it's because that mechanism is, is waking you up to give you more blood sugar. Sometimes we'll just, same thing as, as, as the lady we talked about doing the cleanse and then having her period come back. A lot of times people can't sleep like that. We just detox their liver and all of a sudden they start sleeping, they don't know why. It's because that liver was being sluggish in that mechanism of delivering that blood sugar to them in the middle of the night. So that could be a liver symptom. Weight gain could be a, 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 a liver symptom in so many ways. Um, and, and all of them run through the liver. If you have bad gallbladder and, and, and it's gunking up the liver and, 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 and your hormones are off, that could be weight gain. So, so weight, gain on, uh, weight gain out of nowhere is usually thyroid, but if you have uh, weight gain, um, it's always wise to go thyroid and liver, blood sugar and liver, gut and liver and, and whatever, you know, and, and virus and liver. So um, poor bowel function, I think uh, poor bowel function, uh, first when we have, this is another liver symptom, I think when we have poor bowel function, I don't think liver is the first thing we think of. I think we think of um, stress is the number one cause of constipation. Hypothyroid is probably the number two cause of constipation. And then when you get down into the actual gastrointestinal tract, lack of, where we've talked about all this on the other, on the, on the previous segments, lack of hydrochloric acid in your stomach, if that's not breaking down your, your, your proteins, that's gonna, that's gonna cause um, poor bowel function. And poor bowel function can be constipation or diarrhea, okay? So you can have bacteria causing poor bowel function. You can have uh, gallbladder in, not making, not putting its enzymes out, causing poor bowel function. You can cause pancreatic enzymes. That's one of the first go-tos that people seem to go to when they come in here. They're already taking pancreatic enzymes. But remember, if that whole chain of 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 of, of physiology breaks down, the hydrochloric acid in the stomach, that 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 doesn't break down your protein and then that sends a uh, hormone to your gallbladder and says, okay, you need to stop working because I'm gonna send this food down there that's not digested, and that's actually going to possibly cause you to have inflammation, so the gallbladder stops working. Both of those things tell the pancreas to stop working. Then you're, gonna ha you're definitely gonna, that's a potential to have poor bowel function, and all of that will do what? All that will back up your liver. So basically, when you do a liver cleanse, you, you clear all of that out. You, you clear the sludge out of the gallbladder, you clear the liver, you get all of those pathways working. Now the one, and the one thing that, um, the one thing that um, uh, really lights me up that the liver is a significant factor in what's going on with that person is if the person has excessively foul smelling sweat. Okay, so you, I mean, maybe it's you, maybe it's people who are just like, they got this bad body odor and, and, uh, and, 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 and you get around that person and you go like, ooh, man, what is that? Or, uh, and, and the person maybe has had to alter her lifestyle for that. I'm telling you, that is, that is a liver that has not yet reached either 
that has not yet reached a stage of pathology, in other words, liver cirrhosis or, or, or things of that nature, um, that liver can be helped, in, in, but it takes a lot more than just a basic liver detox. At that point, you really gotta get in there and hit each one of the pathways with, with different uh, herbs, botanicals, supplements, whatever that person particularly uses, homeopathic remedies, you, got, you have to get in there. And, and, and that liver, at, at that point, most of the time the liver here is part of the problem, okay, as you, uh, is kind of part of what I'm trying to say here. You can see it's connected to all of these different things, it has so many tentacles as to, as, to, as to how it can affect everything, which is why the liver cleanses have been popular, justifiably so, for thousands of years. But when it gets to this point, when it gets to this point, the liver is really, really the key. and so. You, you, you have to go after it aggressively. And now the liver, instead of being part of the whole protocol, the liver becomes the issue. And at that point, but, but, but to, to, to fix the liver, you gotta, you gotta be pristinely clean. You have to make sure that the person is eating properly. They have no food sensitivities. This is where it really gets into like, this is a liver problem, but all this other stuff's gotta go. They have to be digesting well so that it doesn't back up the bile duct. Because if you just do the liver cleanse and if you just do the liver bile um, gallbladder cleanse, it's gonna work for about a week or it's gonna work for maybe, maybe two or three weeks. Maybe the person's foul smelling sweat is gonna go from severe to moderate, but it's not going away. So, when, so you have a serious clearance problem when you have that foul smelling sweat. But to step back, if you have really foul smelling sweat, that's where it's at. And that's my gauge. In a case like that, if I have somebody who's in here and everything's doing better, but they still have that foul smelling sweat, I know that everything that I did is gonna be for not within a couple of weeks or a month or two, that it's all gonna be coming back because that liver and that gallbladder are not clearing. And as you can see, it's connected to everything. I mean, I could go on for hours with all the things it's connected to. If I, in a, in a, in the, um, in the uh, I went to one course um, um, that was called Mastering Blood Chemistry, and they had sections on you know the gallbladder and sections on the stomach and section the sections on all these things were you know like this like this the section on the liver was like this <laughs> you know so uh, fortunately the liver is pretty as far as as, as functional medicine goes. By the time people get here, pretty much what I just got done telling you is like the scope and breadth of the liver. And, and how do you know you have it? A lot of times you'll go to the doctor and they'll run, uh, and they'll run enzymes, I almost forgot this. They'll run enzymes, or not enzymes, they'll run, they'll run yeah, they'll run enzymes on you. Um, and, and, and those enzymes are in most metabolic panels and, uh, and, and they'll say, oh, oh your, your SGOT is fine, and it's, it's, so you don't have any liver problems. Meanwhile, you have every single one of these symptoms, okay? So understand, first of all, it takes a long time for those symptoms to create enough damage for it to show up on the test. And for those of you who've watched all of these videos, you'll see a pattern here. What we're trying to do in functional medicine is get function normal again before it becomes pathology before it becomes cirrhosis of the liver. So, um, so 
So, and what usually happens first is you usually get a fatty liver. So most people know the fatty liver comes from uh, alcohol abuse. Most of the patients here, it comes from blood sugar problems. And it doesn't have to be diabetes. It can be that you have um, what's called insulin resistance. You're just on the first steps towards, towards diabetes. It could be pre-diabetes. Um, and, and, it, and, and of course that comes from, maybe it comes from alcohol, but it usually comes from eating a lot of junk, a lot of sugars, a lot of, a lot of, 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 of processed foods and processed carbs and all that type of stuff, the standard American diet. And eventually what happens is that all that's being turned into fat and you get what's called a fatty liver. If that fatty liver is, 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 if the, if, is um, uh, not too bad, in the, in the eyes of the doctor because those transaminases, those enzymes that I talked about, are, are not over 200, <laughs> then, uh, the, the, and the range for transaminases should be like 10 to 25. If they're, and, and the doctors don't usually get too lit up on you until it's over 200. And if it's 35, you have, you're, you're, you're developing a fatty liver. And, and that needs to go. Again, that also takes a little bit more effort to get that fatty liver under control because you actually have to fix the problem that is causing the fatty liver in addition to the fatty liver. So you're gonna have to change your diet. If you're drinking too much, you're gonna have to stop drinking too much. Um, if you're, if, if there's, a, there's a kind of a flow of understanding of in our intake forms as to what the types of things might be that are causing that to gunk up. But fatty liver is not a death sentence. It, it, it will frequently, if you find, if you understand what's going on, it'll frequently go away. The doctors usually won't handle it until your transaminases are over 200. Once they're over 200, you, you now do kind of have a problem. I don't see a lot of those here. Uh, I'll see, I've seen a handful, and even they have done okay. Okay, but at that point, that's where you start getting into serious liver problems, and maybe it starts getting tender, and maybe it's swollen because it's backing up and those types of things. So from a perspective of, uh, so, so having said all of that, in the functional medicine world, it is largely about what's called hepatobiliary biotransformation, it's, which is a fancy way of saying it's about detoxing that liver, it's about clearing that liver out, unless you get into the high fatty acids, or I'm sorry, the high um, uh, uh, fatty liver numbers, or uh, unless you have that foul, foul smelling sweat. Most of the time, you know, a good two, three, four, five, six week detox is kind of a good layer. What's that, what am I saying? Entry, kind of a good entry protocol for almost everybody out there who is suffering from almost anything and, 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 and hasn't had uh, um, any success. Uh, the liver detox, there's gentle liver detoxes, there's aggressive liver detoxes. Um, the sicker you are, the gentler you should go. I know it may seem counterintuitive, but usually you're gonna do a liver detox, a liver cleanse. Yeah, everybody's got their products. We have our line of products that we prefer. Um, and, and I usually warn people when you do a liver cleanse, you're probably not gonna feel too good. If you do a fast, you're not gonna feel too good because you're, you're, you're just gonna overload that liver with all kinds of toxins because now um, your body is allowing that to happen. Uh, but even if you do a liver cleanse, you could feel not good for the first, most people, three to five days. I've had people who haven't felt good for the first 10 days to two weeks. 
If you're doing a liver cleanse and you're not feeling good for more than 10 days, then it, it might be that there's something else going on. So that's and that's so that's the general. Again, I'm not into. I'm not here to like go into like the whole, the whole issue of the liver. I'm, I'm here to kind of kind of focus you in on the types of things that that you would encounter yourself, and that the functional medicine practitioner should encounter, and how it should fit into that functional medicine model. So for me, we did a big talk last week on gallbladder, and to me. It's interesting, but here it's almost more gallbladder backing up the liver than it is the liver being a bad problem. But frankly, if we treat one, we treat the other one because they're, they're together. So, so that's liver and liver gallbladder again. And um, so next week, next week we're gonna be talking about the- This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.